0: I'm Pastor Chris, and um, you may see me on Sunday mornings as the guy who prays for the offering every week. So I guess the highlight of the week is the praying as we stand up there. But there's a lot. I just want to say there's a lot more to me than praying for money. And so but um, but no, it's good to be here. Pastor Dan asked me to um, to come and fill in while he's out and Noah's um, playing his last game. We're going to be in First John chapter one. Now, First John is after the book of John, and so it's a little bit further, right? um, a little bit before Revelation as you turn. Feel free to look into your table of contents. In my Bible, it's on page 1021, so I don't know how that helps you unless you have the same Bible as I do. So, But 1 John chapter 1, and we may only get through the first seven verses in here um, as we read through this, but um, let's stand, and um, we will read the Word of God. 1 John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, and it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of faith, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Walking... Sorry, that's the heading. This is the message <laughs> we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. how you have used the apostles and disciples to give it to us. And over time, you have preserved it. And Father, I just pray now as we dive into your word that we'll be able to, to just to grow closer to you and your spirit will just move in, your, in our midst. And Father, just give me the words to say in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Let me ask you all this. How many of you have had a friend for over 10 years? How many of you have you grown up with them for 10 years? How about this? I know some of you aren't. All right, let's go. How many of you have, what are some other time periods? Anybody 12 years? Now, some of you weren't even born 12 years ago. So, so but some of you, you've known people from the time you were born. Let me ask you this. What makes that friendship special? Landa. You got trust for each other? All right. A lot of the same personalities. personalities. Gracie? Accountability. Accountability? Just being a friend. (laughs) It's close. (laughs) What else? Respecting Respecting each other. Yeah. Well, you know... Friendship is something special because um, friendship is one of these things that um, you enjoy spending time with that person. You can trust them. You can talk to them. But where I want to go with this tonight is I want us to look at the fact of what does relationships and what does and take it even farther than just friendship. But what does fellowship look like within the student ministry here at Mercy Hill? And what fellowship is? It's just a deeper understanding of being able to enjoy each other and to be able to grow closer to Christ with each other. But fellowship is this aspect of Christian community that all believers should be striving for. And and let me go ahead and challenge this message: that if you are core here, this is directly at you. And if you are if you are call Mercy Hill your home or whatever whatever church you call. This applies directly to you because one of the things that I want to challenge you with as students and as teenagers is that fellowship and growing in relationship with other believers isn't just applicable to adults, but it's apl- applicable to you as well. Because how many of you actually have friends who actually challenge you to grow spiritually? Alexa, a few. And, and that those are the kind of relationships that I want to talk to you about because... Because specifically, there's, there's several things um, that apply to us as we walk through this passage and that we discover in regards to how do we have those type of relationships. Because here's the key. If this student ministry has a strong f- fellowship amongst one another, you have an incredible witness to the world. If you have strong fellowship that is centered around Christ it is you are a platform for the gospel to this community you are a group of students that is sitting there and waving a flag for the gospel saying this is where you can discover Jesus Christ this is where you can discover God you are ambassadors for Christ whenever this deep whenever you have the type of biblical relationship and biblical fellowship that it calls for. And this isn't something for adults because it applies to all of us, to all of you in this room. And so John is writing the book of 1 John, and John is actually writing to a group of, um, of believers who are being assaulted by people who say that Jesus never came in the body and that Jesus never walked this earth, that Jesus never was a physical human being, that basically he was just a phantom or a spirit that was, that was just kind of moving around on earth while he was here. And so this is where John, is, he is addressing some of these issues. But during this, he starts addressing several issues in regards to them, and specifically in regards to fellowship. But what we need to see first in this passage is the fact that before you can actually have true fellowship with other believers, you've got to handle the vertical relationship between you and God first and foremost. That it's easy for us to develop friendships, but let's move past this idea of friendship, and let's move to an idea of fellowship that comes through the gospel and comes through Jesus Christ, and then moving it vertically of that it starts with our relationship with God. And in this passage, um, John starts off and he starts teaching us with the aspect that the only way to start with this is you got to look at your relationship with God the Father. And the only way that you can have a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ, his son. There's no other way to have relationship so that you too may have fellowship within with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ, and so he was he, he, John starts and he says, "Listen, we came so that you could actually discover and hear the fact that the only relationship that you can have with the Father is through Jesus Christ. We came so that you might be able to hear about who Jesus Christ was, and to hear." of the fact that he came to die on the cross and he came back to life on the third day, just so that you could have fellowship with us, but also that you could have fellowship with the Father as well. And there's several things that John kind of lays out in this about Jesus. And the first is the fact that Jesus is from the beginning, that from the beginning, Jesus was already there. Whenever you read Genesis and whenever you start looking, Jesus was at creation Jesus was a part of creation. Jesus was the one creating. And and not only that, but not only but Jesus had no beginning. Jesus has no end. And at the same time, Jesus was never created by God. Jesus is a part of the Trinity and has been for all of eternity. A second part of this that John is telling us is that Jesus came in human flesh. That whenever God sent his son, that Galatians 4, 4 talks about the fullness of time. That, that was the perfect time period for Jesus to come, but whenever He came, he came as a man. Jesus was a hundred percent man, and at the same time he was a hundred percent percent God. Um, and then a third aspect that, Jen, that John wants us to see of this, see out of this, is that Jesus is characterized as life. The only way that we can find life and eternal life is through Jesus Christ. John 1.4 says, in him was life. And John 14.6 says, said, Jesus said to, to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way to get to the Father outside of Jesus Christ. And it's sort of like the aspect of, can a car run without oil? Can a car run very long without oil? I say it a different way being from South Georgia, okay? I don't know how you're supposed to say it. Whenever you say oil or whatever you say, I don't understand you. And so I can't even hear it. So it's OIL. Whatever OIL is to you, oil. And so <laughs> how do you say it? See, I heard I heard oil. I heard oil. So all right. Let me let me tell y'all. So most, if you see me driving here and everything that, if you know me and all, um, you know I drive a little Toyota Tacoma, a little bit older model Tacoma, and the Toyota Tacoma, the three point five liter, three point four liter engine is notorious for one thing. Even though it will run for a million miles, miles. Does anyone know, Colby? Do you know what it's notorious for? An oil leak, and so it is if there is one thing that that Toyota engine is known for is a leak of the OIL. And so and so the one way that I can gauge whether or not it's time for me to get an oil change is whenever I look at my dipstick and I realize that it's time to add oil. And so by that point, I know that it's time for me to go get an oil change. And, and so because I know that my, an engine will not function. There's no way for an engine to function like that without oil other than it's going to crack the head, it's going to blow apart. And it's just a fact of the way things work. There's several things that, that work that way, that, that it exists that you cannot get to it other than through, you cannot have money in your checking account without putting money in there. There's various things like that. And the same aspect, I know it's a little bit different, but we cannot have a relationship with God outside of Jesus Christ. There's no other way to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And so John started us off with that. But then a second aspect of this is that you are able to have a fellowship with God because of other people. And John talks about this in verse number 3. He says, That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ. Now fellowship is basically sharing the good things of God with one another. And John, whenever he wrote this, he wrote this to a group of people specifically to proclaim to them the coming uh, that Jesus Christ had came and so that not only that they could have fellowship with God, but also that they could have fellowship with the apostles as well. And Imagine the aspect of the fact of how did you hear the gospel? Who told you the gospel? Think about this. Who told you the gospel? Did anybody tell anyone the gospel in this room? My mom told me the gospel. It actually came about by watching a television program of Billy Graham whenever I was six years old. It was whenever it first started taking root in my life. Did your parents tell you the gospel? Has Pastor Dan told you the gospel? Has Pastor Mike told you the gospel? There's various ways, maybe friends, maybe different ways that, that you heard the gospel. But we're able to have fellowship with God because of the fact that someone told you and me and each one of us the gospel. And here's what's important. This just didn't start with with the person who told you. But this has been going on for two millennial years. Of people telling each other the gospel and the gospel spreading, and john he wrote it down and it, and it was the book of 1 John, which is the inspired Word of God. It also wrote Revelation and second and third John, and the Gospel of John. Paul wrote several books, um, and Peter as well matthew Mark, Luke, and so several people wrote it down, and it became the inspired the word the Holy Spirit inspired them and gave them the words to say. And this, as it has been passed down over time, the Holy Bible. But what's happened is not only did they, has the Bible been passed down from us from age to age, but people have gone before us and told others the gospel. And it has been passed down over 2,000 years to where we have it now today. How many of you have ever heard of a guy named John Wycliffe? Who knows what John Wycliffe is important for? Alexa. He was a scholar at Oxford somewhere, and he translated the Bible into uh, the common language. Exactly. Great. Yeah, that's it, right there. John Wycliffe was the first one to translate the Bible into English. At that time, it was actually Middle English, a little bit. It was not our current English. But John Wycliffe fought against the Catholic Church in the late 1300s just because he had the deep conviction because all that they had, they read the Bible. It was translated out of Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic into Latin, in which they only read out of the Latin Bible. But then he took it, he believed that it should be in the common language of the people, that they should be able to read and understand the Word of God. And so John Wycliffe went through all sorts of persecution, all sorts of just just facing just the Catholic Church and until he died. Around 1380, he died of a stroke, but yet the Catholic Church hated him so bad that they still in, I believe it was 1420, it was around 30 years after his death, that the um, Catholic Church went and dug up his body and, and burned his, his, his bones and burned whatever flesh was left on that as well. Yes, sir. Yeah, 1380, around 1380. I'm giving kind of like a brief kind of like, like summary there. So it, w- it was somewhere in that, in that time frame. So, so that, so, but he ended up um, digging his bones up and burning them because they hated him so bad. And so, and so John Wycliffe, we look back and now we look at his heritage through an organization that named themselves after him called the Wycliffe Bible Translators and where the name comes from. Any of y'all ever heard the Wycliffe Bible Translators? Uh, A few of y'all have. And the Wycliffe Bible Translators are now, their whole goal is to translate the Bible into languages that they don't have the written word of God. And so this is why it's important as we carry on that now all of you, if you are a follower of Christ in this room, you have now been entrusted with the gospel and it's your responsibility to carry on what's been going on for 2,000 years. That's the reason why that we have a precious treasure with it. And so let me ask you this. What if no one had never told you the gospel? What would Where would you be? What if no one had ever told you? And that's what you have to think about because the only way some people are going to be able to have fellowship with the Father through Jesus is through you. Because you are the one who is going to be responsible for getting the gospel to them. And so, but what is that kind of in closing? I know we've got to wrap this up. But what does that look like in regards to getting our vertical relationship right with God? What does that look like among the students at Mercy Hill? And I think that there's two points of application that that we can take out of this. In verse 5, John says that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Our relationship with each other should reflect God's characteristics. And this characteristic that God has given to us, John has given to us about right here, is what? God is what? Light. God is light. And this is in reference to the fact that God is holy, God is perfect, there is no sin, there is no imperfection in Him. And this is what this is in reference to, that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness. And so if we are a follower of Christ, if you are a follower of Christ, you should be striving To to model and to become more and more like Christ, which is to be holy. You'll never, you're still going to struggle with sin. You're still going to fight sin. But as believers, we should be fighting, and this should be reflecting our relationships with each other. That we should actually be challenging each other to pursue holiness and righteousness and challenging each other to do the right things. We should be challenging each other to lift each other up. We should be challenging each other to to grow spiritually, to spend time in the Word. We should be challenging each other to to not just to be stagnant in our faith, but we should be challenging each other that, listen, we don't have to be like everybody else and just settle for the status quo. We can actually do something for God because the gospel is now in your hands and where the people that's in your circle to, to go about. Um, but sometimes what we attempt to do is to be somebody that if we're a follower of Christ, that we're not. Um, whenever I was in college, um, I went to, um, Liberty University and during that time it was, it, it was not near as big as what it is now. But during that time period, I had a, one of the, have any of you ever gone out for something that's just not even in your personality? That's just absolutely just crazy. So here's my thing. We had this wall that was kind of in the center of campus in the inside buildings, and there was a wall that all the students we normally pass through within each day going from hall to hall to classes and all and I remember I was walking to class and and just pictures I mean this is me you know, I looked exactly like I did whenever I was nineteen right now, besides just a little bit less hair and so but I was walking through hall through the hall, and don't tell guys y'all can't tell your mom this okay so but there was a there was this very attractive young girl that stopped me and she goes hey i'm like are you talking to me and um i'm like hey and she goes have you ever thought about being a cheerleader god this is true this is true and i said it has never crossed my mind until now, and and she said, she goes, well, you just look like you have the perfect build to be a cheerleader, and I'm like, my mom's been telling me the same thing, you know, and so and so and so and so she, go, I go, well, when is practice? And I go, this girl likes me. I'm like, this girl likes me. I cannot believe it, and so. I go, when it's practice. She tells me it's that afternoon at like five o'clock, and she told me where it was. And I said, I'm going, I'm going to be a cheerleader for Liberty <laughs> University. Mind you, I don't even know what it takes to be a cheerleader. Next, I, I didn't know anything about it. And so I go and I show up on, on camp uh, on, in the thing, and I get there, and she has no clue who I was. She didn't even remember that conversation. But and I was like, "What in the world?" but i was like i 'm going to give it a try because i 'm win- a- gonna win she 's going to remember who I am, <laughs> and so they start practicing these moves where you 're holding the person up like this, and i 'm sitting there and i 'm like, "I do not belong here i 'm going to go back with my redneck friends and just hang out with them because I do not belong with this group of cheerleaders and all that because I knew that was just completely not me, it was not who I was and but she had my attention for that brief that brief few minutes and all that but here's here's the point we try, we can try to be somebody we're not but if we're a follower of Christ we're not to settle for the status quo that's not who we are we have to fight sin and to pursue holiness in in all aspects of our life and including our relationships but then a second thing with this is in verse 7 John says, he goes, but if we walk in the light and he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus' son cleanses us from all sins. Whenever we've got a right relationship with others and we've got right fellowship with others, we strive for holiness together as a group through fellowship. We look out for each other. And let me tell you all, there is nothing sweeter and nothing greater than having a a friend that whenever you get together you just enjoy being with them not just because they're fun to be around but because they challenge you as well and let me tell you a lot most of my friendships have been or either they it was shallow relationships where we didn't talk about anything that was spiritual in nature or anything concerning godliness or friendships that took me away from God. And that's what I look back, and the majority of my friendships have been. But I've had a handful of friends, probably I could count them on just one hand, maybe just two or three fingers, of guys that, and and there's some here at this church, that I may not see them or be able to hang out because of just all of our responsibilities, being dads and all this, but there are times... That, man, whenever we get together, we're brothers in Christ. And we can challenge each other and just be like, hey, man, what's going on? You know, how are you doing? How are you? What are you struggling with? What are you reading? Um, How's your thought life? And, And just guys that, honestly, that you just love them. You just love them. And you know because of their relationship with Christ. And you would do anything for them, and they would do anything for you. And let me ask you this, because... There, John is writing this, and he's, and he's writing this, and he's saying, um, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses you. Let me ask, think about the people that you're closest to. What are the dynamics of that relationship? And what are you going to do about it to make sure that that relationship, you point each other to Christ? And that goes for everyone in this youth group because everyone in here should be looking after one another and caring for one another. And let me ask you, here's a telltale sign. When is the last time that you prayed about one of your brothers or sisters in here? Not praying that they'll go out with you, but praying just praying for them. When is the last time that you prayed for some of them? When is the last time that you challenged them and said, hey, how are you doing in your walk with Christ? If you're causing each other to sin, you need to challenge that relationship if you're you're causing each other to sin. So here's what I'm going to leave you with. With one question. Where are you at tonight? not only in your relationship with God, but in your relationship with others. Maybe I'll add another question to it. What are you going to do about it? Because John gave us the model of what we should do, first starting with our relationship with the Father, then with others, and what are we going to do about that? Because if you are a follower of Christ... You already know what you're supposed to do, but maybe some of you are sitting here saying, Pastor Chris, I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. I've heard the follower of Christ. We're all sinners, and yet Jesus Christ came to die on the cross for our sake and came back to life on the third day, and our response is turning from our sin and placing our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You can come talk to me, any of the adults. I see Pastor Nick is sitting sitting back there. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I love you, and I thank you that you have given this chance to be able to share your word. And I pray that every student in this room would not sit back and be complacent in their relationships and just let them just to go. But I pray that they would be intentional in their, in their friendships and in their relationships with each other Intentional to see spiritual growth take place. And I pray that they would just, that they would get the, not have a mindset, well, I'll do it whenever I get older, but they would start now of challenging each other for spiritual growth and that you would just use this group and, and every student here in an incredible way for the sake of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.